There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey everyone, welcome to the next episode of the Get In Our Home series. This is the series designed to help home builders, homeowners and renovators to get inspiration, guidance and advice from industry professionals but also homeowners themselves. My name is Peter Kilmartin and in this episode we travel to County Tyrone to meet Quiva and Charlie and their stunning self-built home. In this episode we cover so so much from getting planning permission, going the self-built route, making changes to your designs, making mistakes, interior design tips and lots lots more. This house is an absolute credit to the guys and with Quiva's interior design background the house is just finished so perfectly so please don't forget you can see this home in all its glory on the get in our home youtube channel so i started by asking the guys about being from the area and why they chose this site we're in the very northwest of tyrone and place called Ahiarn. So we're pretty much in the corner of Tyrone. We're bordering on Fermanagh and Donegal. So we're only roughly about a mile from Donegal here. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. And you grew up here, was it here? Yeah, I grew up, um, I guess, 50 metres from my front door here. And so that's our home house just across the way over there. Um, so that's where we all grew up. And then tell me a little bit about you know, when you were younger and stuff, did you always, was it, you know, did you always know, I'm going to build a house in that site up until, you know, what, what was um, it like? I guess I could never see myself living anywhere else. Um, I, I don't know, it's just, I always liked this community um, and this is where I always seen as home. Um, although I did travel a bit, um, I always did see myself coming back here to settle at some point. Yeah. But as a child, I don't know if I ever envisioned living in a hair my whole life but I guess as I grew older I became more fond of it. I think it's funny like looking back you know I even look back at my own childhood and I think like the countryside is such a wonderful place to grow up that yeah. you don't really realise it until you're older and you take yeah. back and you go fucking that was so good like excuse me. <laughs> um, so, so yeah so tell me so, so tell me then let's skip forward and you went you both went to New Zealand. Yeah. How did that happen? Um, well, for me, I was working as a designer in Dublin, and it was 2008, 2009, so just the start wow. of the recession. Um, and I was just out of uh, college, university, so um, yeah, just the downturn came. I was made redundant twice. So um, after the second time, I just said, um, no, I'm just, I had a few friends who are physios who um, were going to New Zealand. It's, they're in demand over there. 
I just said, no, I'm just going to go. So that was how I ended up in New Zealand for um, on like your one year working holiday visa. Um, and I was there for six years. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, and then, so that was 2009. I think you came out sort of towards the end of 2009. Yeah, I left. Well, basically, I graduated as a physio, but my chances of getting a career in physio in Ireland or the UK was very, very slim. So Was that because of the recession as well? Recession, but at the time, basically, I think the physio end of things had kind of clogged up. Uh, older people weren't retiring, they were staying on for longer, there just wasn't opportunities happening for younger graduates coming through. So we kind of had a choice, we could either go to New Zealand and get registration quite easily or we could go to Singapore but with the language barriers and like quite a different culture we chose New Zealand even though it's as far away as you could possibly go. But um, me and four other friends decided we're all going to go together. Um, and we pretty much had jobs and all set up before we left. So um, so we arrived over there and then that's when I met Kiva soon after. Best time of life. <laughs> so so yeah, so let's skip forward. So you're in New Zealand. Um, what was, was there a regret to come home? Yeah, I think even though like we both um, stayed way longer than we thought we would, I think we both always knew that we would yeah. come home. Um, which made the decision to come home a lot easier. You know, if one of us had wanted to stay and one of us had wanted to come home, it would have been, it would have been tough, but yeah, it was definitely the right time. We had both done over five years at the time and we both were just ready to come home. My yeah. family, my mum and dad and my brother and some other family members had come out just in my final year because they really wanted to see New Zealand. Mm -hmm. um, my dad's a farmer and he really wanted to see like agriculture at, on that scale in New Zealand. So. He, it was always kind of a, a thing that he always wanted to do and always said he wanted to do, so it was the best opportunity. So he came out um, and we travelled from top to bottom Please. with me and my family. And at that stage, I just, I just really wanted to get home then. Um, and I wanted to start making a start on the house and everything else that goes with it. So. And like, did you talk about, like, you know, because I think back to New Zealand, like, like, did you talk about okay, we're going to build a house, we're going to be in Tyrone, we're going to, you know, or was it like, we're going to go back and see how things go? You know, what was that like? I think I probably had in my head that I'm going back to build a house in Ahiar and Kiva was open to that option, but was also quite open to maybe settling in Dublin. And I think mm -hmm. at one stage she even talked about Galway at one stage, like going there, maybe even just doing a year. <laughs> Um, I was trying to put off the countryside move, you know, for as long as I could. So you're obviously from Dublin, yeah. Yeah, I'm from Dublin, yeah. Well, I remember you showing me when we were in New Zealand, I, I remember you producing the plans of this house and showing me them, and I was like, wow, like it was, you know, it's such an amazing opportunity to have the opportunity to build your own house. But, um, yeah, so I kind of, I think you were trying to test the water there a little bit. Um, sort of. You're breaking <laughs> out the wall, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I suppose, like, I think we, we sort of did explore the option of Dublin or, or even yeah. temporarily or, or Galway, I don't remember that. But um, I think, you know, when we looked at it, like, you know, the, the area I'm from in Dublin is where ideally if we were going to be there, we'd want to be near our family and our friends and we just never would have afforded to buy a house there and obviously the opportunity to build there was never going to be one. So... It just made more sense financially, you know, as we looked at it. Um, like, yeah. it's a fantastic place to build a house and the, the countryside, um, you know, it's 
beautiful. And then obviously you would have had land here, so there was that saving as well in terms yeah. of yeah. receiving a site, which yeah. which is huge. You know, yeah. when you're building a massive yeah. head start. Yeah. yeah. So that. And actually, before I even came home from New Zealand, like the plans were already in place. Like, and why, why was that? Like, did you did you just did you get a at? I guess it was probably a year before I left for New Zealand. There, there kind of was maybe rumours or something going around that planning was going to get much more difficult to obtain, um, especially rurally. So, um, my dad at the time had just said, "Right, I'm going to apply for sites all over different parts of his farm." Wow. Um, for each one of the children, um, and me being the youngest. Um, Did you so get the, the back in the bog? I'm the youngest of eight, so I actually had a site. Of eight? Yeah. Wow, big family. So, yeah, so I actually had a site, which is kind of we're looking down on the site now, so it's down beside my sister's house. Um, and that was my original site, and that's probably the site that I showed Kiva the plans off while I was in New Zealand. But oh. that, was a, <laughs> that was a story and a half. And then this site belonged actually to my brother but he lives in Belfast um, and he has kids in Belfast and he's, he's going to be in Belfast long long term so um, he kind of said he wasn't going to build so I had the choice of this site or that site and I preferred to have a bit of a bigger house and I think it's slightly better site so yeah, we went with that site. a better view as well yeah, from here. yeah. so I decided then kind of just when I got home from New Zealand that I was going to take this site wow. um, and then we started looking into it a bit more. Um, well, what a, like what a smart move from your dad. Yeah, yeah isn't that an amazing time. thing for for him to even think about? Yeah, yeah. I think that's so. You know, cause sometimes you'd, you'd hear of um, family members leaving land, but to actually go and yeah. go through the planning process and say here, yeah. here, here, and here. It's, yeah, it's, so. yeah, and Incredible, I think it's, like, it's lovely for them the fact that you know they have everybody's eight nearby children, now. Yeah. yeah, and like twenty something <laughs> grandchildren, six out of six out of the eight have built so it's you know it kind of paid off for them to do that because um they're just surrounded by their family and their grandkids so it's lovely it's beautiful and yeah. i think when you get once you get your planning permission passed you have x amount of years then to do something on the site so you have to like in order to keep it active you can just put in your garage foundation so that was put in in all the sites around so that then they're there for life brilliant yeah and um, so there's still two sites that are still available so they'll probably they'll stay within the family but they'll go to like nieces nephews grandchildren brilliant. whatever in years to come so i suppose then you were always going to build i guess so yeah you know, like all well, your family are doing it. Your yeah, dad is basically teeing you up to do it. Would have yeah. been open to maybe the prospect of going to Dublin for a few years, working, living there, enjoying Dublin life would have been nice. But I think when we came home, we were getting towards our thirties, or keep it was thirty, and <laughs> we were probably just starting to think about marriage, kids, that kind of stuff. So we're like, right, we kind of need to get going with this yeah. house. Like, yeah. what's the point in going to Dublin and spend two years and we'll not actually save because you're going to spend yeah. all your money. So we just got our heads down and saved for probably a couple of years when we got home and then started yeah. to get really stuck into the house. And, and where were you staying when you moved back then? Um, when we first moved back down, I moved back in on my mum and dad well, here. big saving, yeah. Kiva, I got a job in Belfast, so I was living in Dublin with my parents and we were mm -hmm. kind of both going between um, for the first couple of months and then I got a job in Belfast, so then I was kind of closer to here but kind of still going yeah. between Dublin and here and there. How far are we from Belfast here now? It's about an hour and a half. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. 
Um, and then I um, kind of, all out of the blue, um, an opportunity came up for a job for me as a designer locally, local to here. Um, so it was probably a little bit sooner than I wanted to move down here, but I, I couldn't yeah. let the opportunity pass because, you know, jobs for designers in this part of the country are few and far between. So that meant moving here and both of us moving in with Charlie's parents. So like we're forever indebted to them really for that because... Yeah, I'm sure they couldn't wait to get rid of you. Yeah, I mean, it was huge for them to take, let alone like their son back, but me yeah, yeah. <laughs> as well. But um, yeah, I mean, we, we saved so much money. Um, yeah. Huge. And it, it meant but that our build was much sh shorter. It also meant that. that we were right next door to our build yeah. all the time. Yes, so which was huge. It meant yeah. that like in the morning when the builder was coming here, I would get up at, like I'd be out here an hour before the builder would arrive and then I'd, get the cement mixer going, set up enough blocks until keep him going until tea time. And then dad would be doing some farming in the morning and he'd come over and do the next bit. Brilliant. So the builder didn't actually have a labourer with him. So we sort of chipped in all the time and did, did all the labour and just, and there was always somebody about that was able to chip in. So it yeah. just meant you saved quite a bit yeah, on that yeah. just by doing bits yourself. But yeah. like, did you, did you always know you're going to go self-build or did you ever even get a quote from a builder or were you ever considering going with a, like a direct contractor laid build? I guess my family have like, we we're probably maybe the fourth or fifth people in my family to build in this area. So they had all gone the self-build okay. route. Um, none of them had went with a, a contractor. So we probably had of we probably had of had a, a look at it, but it was going to work out much too expensive. Yeah. Plus, yeah, we same. had my brother-in-law is a a builder, so um, he was able to project manage. My brother is a joiner, and he was able to keep us on this like on the right line of what's next. You need yeah. to do this, and he was chipping in. What a huge asset! To have. They were such yeah a source of guidance the whole way through. It was um, brilliant to have them, and um, even now we watch them <laughs> for doing different bits and pieces and getting advice from them but yeah so I think like because of that and because of the siblings that had gone ahead of Charlie like apart from the saving it was nearly a given that we were mm. going to go the self-build route. Just give me a rough timeline of coming back from New Zealand planning what, what was that so what year was this now? So we came back from New Zealand at the very end of 2014 just okay. before Christmas and then um, we broke ground here um September 2016 yeah and we moved in just before Christmas the 22nd of December 2017. Wow yeah, so it was a quick build wow yeah and within that year we so we broke ground in September 16 we got engaged in the October 16 we got married in September 17 and then moved in in the December 17 we're both working full-time jobs. Charlie was sort of building his own business on the side and I was doing a postgrad um, part-time. So it was, when you look back on it now, like Hectic. it was, yeah. Yeah, it was a bit mad. <laughs> <laughs> there was even fear in your eyes yeah, there. Yeah. I'm thinking about it, like, how did we do that? Yeah, uh, um, but we just, we just kind of knew what we wanted and we just kind of kept that, you know, your eyes on the bigger picture and kept going. Yeah. Tell me about, um, you mentioned it off camera, like that you lined out the size and you drew it all out. Yeah. What was that moment like when you could visualize the whole thing? Yeah, that was, that was cool. Um, it was a bit, like, I guess it was a bit weird, like, cause you're... Did you think it was a lot smaller? Yes. Yeah. You always do. Yeah. 
Like, I remember us two walking across when it was just a field here and we we're like, this is where we're going to build our house. And it was just grass. And I remember looking out, like looking at the views and stuff. And I was like, this is, this is a neat sight. Um, but there was so much work to do. And then when we broke ground, it just looked so different. It looked, it's nearly like you're at the bottom of the mountain looking up, yeah. realizing what's ahead yeah, of you. Like, yeah. yeah. And then when the, the white lines were drawn to the outline of the house, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. But you're standing and you're like, you're standing in your bathroom and you're like, it's, it's tiny, it's it really so... There's no way this is, I think we yeah. need, and Kiva's like, I think we need to go bigger, can we go bigger? <laughs> and I was like, I think it's a bit late, we're going bigger now at this stage, so... You just kind of have to trust the process and know that you've, like, really analysed the plans and you know the square footage and whatever it is what you want it to be and what, you know, you can afford. So you just sort of do have to trust the process and go... It, it'll take shape and it does when the blocks start to go down it you does. can see it then like, yeah yeah, yeah. I remember our, my brother-in-law Robbie like he was our project manager pretty much throughout it and I remember he was the one that did the outline of the house and I remember him walking around and like this house is huge and we were standing there going this house is tiny and it was, so I think we kind of looked at him as like he knows what he's yeah. on about here so yeah Whereas we've never seen that line of a house before ever, so we yeah. didn't really know what to expect, I guess. Mm -hmm. That's hilarious, like the, the differences in perception. Um, tell me about going for a mortgage. Was it, was it harder when you come back from New Zealand? Did they count them as savings? How did that go? Was there any, any troubles with where you are? Um, financially, I think there wasn't any issues in regards to getting the mortgage or big issue was that we had a shared lane so we have a shared lane with my parents and that's a big issue up here I don't know what it's like in the south but in the north it's a bit of a disaster so mortgage banks or building cities just won't give you a mortgage here if you've got a shared lane um, due to contentious issues I think that happened in the past so we had actually I had been with a building society and I had met them like multiple times and things were going great and I thought this, everything's going to just fit into place here when I need this money then it should be there just for the next phase because we had already we had built the house up to the trusses were on wow. um, just on our savings wow. and then we're we're kind of banking on that mortgage to arrive and then the, we had spoken with the building society they had said a share lane won't be an issue you'll get your mortgage don't worry about that and then we paid a, a significant fee for a planner to come out and the planner, first thing they said when they drove up was, you've a shared lane, you're not getting a mortgage here. So yeah. we were like, it was a massive setback. Yeah. And then we were on the scramble to start again looking for a mortgage. And we were very lucky. We ended up, we, we met a guy. Um, but which, did you not go back to the building society and say, we mentioned this? They just... They didn't want to know at that yeah. stage. They just, said, they just said, this is didn't what the planner's saying. So we have to go with what the planner says. So, so then my sister at the time and got her mortgage through Danske Mike and she says just go and chat to Richard I've spoken about your situation with him um, he says he'll be able to help I was like it's just gonna be the same again but I went anyway and had a chat with him and he sorted it out really fast and he was brilliant and wow. it it took a massive that was the biggest stress probably of yeah. the whole building the house cause especially when you've already pumped so much money into yeah, it yeah and like yeah. you know we dug out our lane the trees had been cut down to make way for the lane like everything was geared towards the house facing this way and the lane yeah. being that way the access to the house being there so 
like before we kind of had the glimmer of hope with the bank um, we were looking at having to like apply for planning for like another lane so either a, another lane following the line of the lane that's there running parallel to it stupid, stupid yeah. or looking at a completely different one that would come up from the road but to the back of the house so they were options I suppose if you were like really kind of it would have taken stores. probably at least a year to get the planning yeah. through for the new lane, so that would have set us back a year. Yeah. I'd say that was and such a relief when that mortgage yeah. came through, oh my god. Oh uh, yeah, that was massive. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then we just got things back on track Cracking again, but yeah. it was uh, pretty stressful for yeah. a few months. <laughs> How did you find um, managing trades, you know, I always find it really interesting the timeline and knowing when to have the next little fella lined up. Were you very in tune with that? Did you, you know, have any problems? Were people delaying or, you know, stringing you along, sort of thing? I didn't have a clue about any of that, so I yeah, would have just, I'd have been on the phone to my brother-in-law yeah. Robbie or my brother Eamon, and they would have kept me right the whole time. Yeah, um, we did learn quite quickly though, like through their guidance and just by kind of getting to know things with self-build life, you do need to stay as as far ahead. Like we were kind of, you yeah. know, looking at maybe two or three phases ahead. To either have the materials ordered and ready, or the and the tradespeople ready to go, just because especially with that um, setback with the mortgage, we just kind of didn't want any others. So, yeah, you kind of are trying to stay a few steps ahead so that once one trade's finished. And did you stay quite local in terms of trades? Yeah, we very did. local. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. everything came from local, yeah. um, which I like, think can be an advantage. Yeah, you know, people want to. You know, keep up their name and yeah, do things yeah. right. And, yeah. You know. yeah. It just meant that if you did need something last minute or you could just phone down to that company and they knew you already and you, they would be happy just to, to get you sorted and they'd look after you because you've been spending money in their place. So yeah. um, pretty much everything came from, from very local. Yeah. Um, some things came from just across the border in Donegal, like our concrete, that kind of stuff. All but was, it, was, was there a lot more savings to be had in the north? Just depend on what you were you buying. You have to weigh it up, yeah. And with the, the no VAT thing in the north, like things like that. We, yeah, so just tell me about that briefly. Yeah, so um, you might know more. It's like your first on your first self-build um, on things that are like permanent fixtures in the house, so like your kitchen, your windows, um, sanitary wear, that kind of thing. There's um, you can gain, you can take the uh, claim the VAT back. So, so you pay the VAT saving. and you submit a return yeah, and you get yeah. it back. at the end, wow, yes. Yeah. Okay. So it's 20% back. So um, obviously there's not that in the South at all. Yeah. Um, so there was, you know, um, with the sterling then as well, we kind of did sort of look at... Um, we were mainly using the North because of that. Mm. Um, I think there was some things that we had to get in the South. Um, but we weren't able to claim back because we had bought it in the south, so yeah. you had to... You have to weigh that up and see yeah. if it's going to be cheaper then if that's the case. Yeah. 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 Um, did you find that you had changed the original plans much from the original design? Because obviously you couldn't change too much because the planning had already been submitted, but did you make little tweaks and then sort of things? Yeah. <laughs> I think when I came on board, um, like obviously <laughs> <laughs> we were working with what planning had passed for this site um, and when we knew we were going with this site in a two-story um, but we knew what we wanted to achieve out of the interior space and how we would live in it and the way the house was designed wasn't going to allow for that um, 
So that's one of the things I would kind of nearly do automatically as an interior designer is kind of really look at the interior spatial layout and make sure there's a really good flow throughout the, the whole house. And to make sure if you want, for example, you know, a big open plan kitchen with a big island in it, which we did, that that's possible for where walls are and doors are and things. So where we're sitting actually was a solid wall on the original plan. Um, so to the front, there was a um, another sitting room or reception room, I think, and then the kitchen in the back and then the sunroom to the right. Um, so we just very quickly knew that that wasn't going to be feasible for how we wanted to use it and it meant that we would have a much smaller kitchen. So we made this area completely open plan. Um, that was one of the biggest changes we made and then in the sunroom then there was no apex window on that gable it was just our patio doors were there. Wow, but that's, that's such a design it's, feature yeah, now, it's gorgeous. And it's the making of that room really but um, when we looked at the site like that's where all the views are, the really lovely views are out that window. So. We just sort of felt... And did that much. affect your planning application because you had to change such a... Yeah, no. no we, we weren't sure if we would basically be able to do that or if we'd have to go back to planning again. So we met the architect and we brought up mm -hmm. our, our project manager um, and we had a chat with him. We were like, right, we don't want a wall here. And, and he was like... He basically spoke to the project managers like, right, are you happy enough to put in a beam then? We can go with that. We don't need to go back to planning for this. Um, and Robbie was happy, he's like, yeah, that's no problem at all. And then we wanted to do the Apex one and he's like, it's fine, go Brilliant. ahead, basically. Yeah. He was quite relaxed about it. Yeah. Um, he says, you wouldn't have to go back to plan over that. Yeah. Because um, that so, would be such a, like, a, even yeah. just a time restraint, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. they were just, they were the two main changes. There was a couple of changes in regards to window placements, wasn't there? Yeah, um, and even upstairs, like in um, reworking the bedrooms a little bit so that we could take more room into our walk-in wardrobe. Um, just little things mm -hmm. that, you know, like our walk-in wardrobe isn't huge now, but it's bigger than it would have been if we just stick to the original plans. Um, so yeah, there was just sort of things to kind of, you're trying to nearly think ahead and think of how you're going to live in the space and then like think of that and look back at your plans and see what do we need to change to make that happen. Yeah. Was there much that went wrong with the build? Was there any big challenges? Did a wall fall down or did <laughs> anything major happen or anything that you think back of? And go there was definitely a couple of instances. I remember one incident was our roof trusses were coming. Um, they were arriving while I was at work. So I think my dad was here and don't think anyone else was here. And dad at the time, he was just out working on the digger somewhere on down near the bottom of our lane. He was clearing something. And the lorry arrived with the trusses. And the lorry man was not great. <laughs> I don't think he knew how to drive a lorry. Um, but he refused to drive up here with the trusses. So he left them at the bottom of our, at the road basically. Oh, yeah. And dad had to lift them with the digger into the field to keep them safe for a few days until we could get them up to the site and then to get them up to the site was just a real nightmare. Like we couldn't get a crane at the time. Um, so we had to basically get another lorry, get the digger, lift them onto the lorry, get the lorry up here, then get the digger to get them <laughs> off. And then we were able to get a crane to get them up to the roof. But yeah, it was just a nightmare. Wow. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That was, so if the original fella had done his job right, none of that yeah. would have happened. Yeah, and the thing is, like, lorries were up and down here all the time. Yeah, so yeah it's a farm. He was just being, yeah, I just don't think he knew how to Not a good operator, so. yeah, yeah. Um, when you think back in the build, 
is there anything that would stick out to you that you might have changed or you might you might change or anything that you would have done differently or anything that you wish you had you know slightly tweaked or no i think there's nothing major really um i don't know i suppose if you had to pick one thing we're quite exposed up here so to have the front door covered a more covered okay. porch um would be useful but then the hallway gets such lovely natural light almost all day and that would impact on that so I, don't I think know. you said in regards to painting interior I think we we probably would have got a professional painter in we did oh, yeah. lots of it ourselves yeah we did yeah a lot of and the painting ourselves yeah in terms of that and what why why just it was just so much hassle um yeah like I did I was up here like evenings after work and it was I suppose it was something I felt I was doing to try and move us for you know quicker towards the house um but it was hassle and it was hard work but it was kind of you know a little project mm. but no just the finish like you know I don't think we we then after we moved in and we got like um other areas painted the finish is kind of no comparison they're professional for a reason yeah. so yeah I think um you know, we'd like to look at repainting some areas again. It's they're kind of just due that. I think uh, I won't be picking up the paintbrush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll be getting a professional in. But um, but I thought learn... something before that if you get a painter to paint the first layer, it becomes a lot easier to do it yourself afterwards, okay. where they have laid the foundations right. Or yeah. don't hold me to that now. Yeah, apparently that's yeah. the case. There could be a bit of salmon after yeah. done here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but actually, in terms of the self build, was there much hands on? Were you doing a lot of labouring and stuff, or how? Like, was there a lot of yeah. stuff in the evenings and? I spent Saturday, like I would have spent every Saturday here just either helping joiners or helping the builder or just setting stuff up for a Monday morning. Just trying to um, even little bits be anything prepared Anything you can ahead. do to just yeah, keep yeah. pushing it forward. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's a few scary moments, like I'm, I, I'm scared shitless of heights <laughs> and standing up on the trusses upstairs trying to balance stuff with my brother and a friend one day. Trying to save face as well. <laughs> um, I was basically walking across a plank one day and Kiva was downstairs like praying that I don't fall off and die and the more she was like, just be careful, the more I'd get nervous. So yeah, uh, I think that might have been like a week or two before our wedding. So <laughs> Broke a leg for the yeah, yeah. Broken yeah. or something like that. There was definitely quite a few memorable moments. Um, but, but you did get quite hands on and, and, yeah. you, and you did. Yeah, like anything we could, like, you know, even that morning when the screed was being poured we yeah. were out here like six o'clock or whatever in the morning getting the foam perimeter thing done like just any little thing that we could do ourselves to save costs and um yeah. we like me and my brother put in all the insulated plasterboard yeah. and that kind of stuff so and were you, like were you very conscious of, of money you know were you really trying to cut costs and save every little penny like you know, was that a big part factor? of it? Was that, but then part of it was just like you wanted to be part of the project yourself. So you were, yeah. you wanted to get stuck in, and you wanted to say like, oh, I was able to actually do something on this myself, yeah. rather yeah, than just yeah. always just looking for someone. Um, and if there was a job that I felt I could do myself, then I just would have attempted it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's nice <laughs> though, as well because, like, you look back now and like loads of little parts of the house you remember that you remember the story um like so the whole journey is just so personal um you know just little things there's just memories you remember like each room at a different stage and even the window the apex window like really coming to life like yeah. seeing 
the outline of it just in the brick and then seeing the steel go in and then just everything kind of evolved and the windows going in you just I think when you're so involved you remember every little bit so it really stands out. It's like a piece of you nearly. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah. It, but even still, like any bit of labour that you can cut down on, like labour is the most expensive part of a build, yeah. usually. So the more yeah. you can save on that, the more money you're saving, which yeah. is the ultimate goal. Um, the exterior finish, was that brick always the goal or was there other designs in, in mind? Or Tell me a little bit about that. Um, so on the original plans, it was just the porch that oh. was stone. Um, and maybe one facade on the sunroom, but we decided yes. to take it around on, when we put the apex window in. Obviously, that's such a feature from the inside and the outside, so we took the stone around to that facade as well. We um, didn't decide, I decided <laughs> that. Charlie really took ownership of the stone, <laughs> and you have to hand it to him. I love it. It is, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, was that a local company that supplied that? Sorry? Was that a local company that supplied that stone? Yeah, it's. Um, Glen Bain stones are there. They're near Oma. Um, it's a uh, sandstone. Okay. Um, yeah. And we were kind of, you know, looking at other houses around and looking at photographs, and we kind of knew we liked that sort of look and those kind of colours. But they also tie quite nicely to the surrounding countryside, which is important as well. Um, and not a huge amount of stone came out of this site, but anything that did was sort of those kind of colours. So, um, yeah. The stonework was your, was your yeah. baby. You, you so originally, it. it was the the front of the house is what it was supposed to be in the plans, and then in the plans it had it that it was just where the apex window was that was supposed to be stone, but the front and there was supposed to be plain. So we just added stone to that. So really? it just kind of makes the whole sunroom um, yeah. stone. Then so it's just a nicer look. Yeah. It means then from the, from the front as you drive up, you've got the two facades and then like we're quite far back off the main road where you can see our apex window from the road. So it's just another sort of distinguishing feature, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but I'll always remember like you, you had picked, even though we'd sort of agreed together, it was just like from other houses or photographs and you had picked the stone. I hadn't actually seen it. So I will never forget that, that day coming home from work and knowing it had started and it was like, maybe January or February so it was still like a dark evening and driving up and just shining my headlights on the on the stone lifting the plastic and just being like oh like just to see it um you know in reality and see it on the house because it's the first finished thing really you know that's gonna it's gonna be there forever and it's how it looked that day was more or less how it was gonna look finished so um yeah, that was That's big, exciting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of like, it nearly shows you the finish line, yeah. a bit of the finish line. And I think it was a big sigh of relief yeah. <laughs> for him yeah. as well. She likes it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so then moving into, I suppose, a more finished stage, um, how did the interior design thing go? Obviously, you would have had a huge influence in that yeah. with your background. Yeah. Did you, you know, was this a mammoth task for you? Did you take it very personally? Do you know, because yeah. sometimes when you're working with stuff all the time, you can find it hard to connect to your own project. Yeah. How like, that? I suppose I had a very clear vision and it was just very, like a natural vision. Like I kind of always knew what I wanted the interiors to look like and for it to feel. Um, there's definitely that element of when you're working on your own home compared to somebody else's home, it is definitely harder to make the decisions because um, you'll be living with it. But um, no, we definitely knew like it's a very spacious but, but, house. But was it a we? Was it a, Not really, was it? You know, like, <laughs> was it a consultation to Charlie or was it a we're doing this? No, it was very much you yeah, sort was... of left me to it and we're happy yeah. to just, you know, trust my judgment on it. Um, 
but you know, I, as I said, kind of making the decisions was hard. So to kind of bring something to you and be like, what do you think? He kind of gave an input, but was sort of like, that's yeah. probably her decision. So <laughs> we'll just I go. I quite often tell people the only thing in this house that I picked was what I'm sitting on right now is these <laughs> island chairs. That's the only thing inside this house that I yeah. had any input in really. Yeah. Maybe the sofas. Yeah. And did you have a colour scheme or did you have, like, were you like looking on Pinterest mood boards yeah, or did you have yeah. a plan? Like? Yeah, I, not like I did look to kind of Pinterest and Instagram to a point, but it sort of wasn't how it is now in terms of um, house account and home inspiration. But yeah, so I definitely did look to those places like in um, interiors magazines and, and stuff for inspiration, but it kind of was just all in here nearly. Um, so we just knew like this, the house is, um, you know, obviously very spacious, but I still wanted to bring, you know, a cozy, homely feel to it. Yeah. Um, so we kept like the color palette very light. It's mainly greys throughout um, everywhere, really. And um, I suppose just to kind of keep a very cohesive feel throughout the, the house because it is open plan down here. So the colors may not be exactly the same, but they flow and work really well together from space to space. And there's just sort of, you know, little things will tie, visually tie the, the space together. Um, and then just using as much sort of different textures and patterns to just really cozy up the space as much as we can. Um, so yeah, I suppose the vision was always very clear. Um, and even in terms of like, you know, picking say tiles and things like that, um, we went with a local company for, all our tiles and they also did all our sanitary wear and bathrooms. Um, so I found working with local companies as much as possible, they kind of went that extra mile. Like if I came to them with, this is what I want, they mightn't have it, it mightn't have been in their range, but they went out of their way to get me a sample and get it in for me. So um, yeah, it paid off in that in that respect. But no, I was, I was sure of what I wanted and it was always a clear kind of vision, even from like paper level, you know, of what, what we want to do achieve. But what I love about this is there's a real uniformity to it, which mm. is great, but, but also the, the whole thing ties in together, which is really, like as I said to you off camera, it's really unusual to have such a big house and to still feel quite cozy and yeah. homely, which is, I think yeah. is a huge credit to you to be able to do that. Yeah. You know, Thank to, you. Actually, what square foot is this house? It's about 3,000, I think it's just under 3,000. Yeah, so like it's, it's, it's yeah. a big space to make feel, yeah. you know, so warm, yeah. which I yeah. love. Yeah, um, but as well as that, like we've kind of gradually added things. So like when we first moved in, we only had curtains in like the two bedrooms that like one spare bedroom in our bedroom. We'd no curtains or blinds or any other window treatments anywhere else. And we've just sort of gradually added them, you know, as our budget allowed, but as well as we sort of, you get used to living in a space. And like I initially thought I would never dress the apex window. It's, it's, you know, such a feature. I didn't want to take from it. I didn't want to take from the view. I didn't want to take from the window itself. But we did recently, just before Christmas, we got um, curtains, sheer voil curtains on that. And like, it was kind of, it, we're not overlooked. It wasn't a privacy thing, but the sun like really was an issue kind of in there, um, shining on the, the TV. On the TV and then shining on the kids as they sit on the sofa, yeah, they get blinded down. Yeah. So, so um, things like that, you know, we've gradually added things that bring more warmth to the, to the um, whole space, but yeah, those uh, apex window curtains are, they turned out nicer than I thought. Yeah, they're gorgeous. I what I like about those is that they still keep the apex, you know, yeah. to its view when, yeah. it, when they're open, you know. Yeah, and, and even when off. they're closed in the daylight because they're sheer, you still see yes. the shape of the window through yeah. it. 
um, and because they're sealing, the track is sealing mounted as well and they go right to the floor, it's just really, it's a really dramatic feature. It's nearly made, maybe made more of that window um, as opposed to taking from it, so. Yeah, no, I love it, I love it. If you were looking back and somebody came up to you and said, I'm about to build a house, what would be your one piece of advice? What would be one thing you'd say to somebody, whatever you do, do this? Mine's would probably be to shop around as in when you're going to look for a joiner or a plumber or a go and get like three four prices yeah. from everybody and then whatever you feel most comfortable with go with that mm. um, and make sure that you speak to some people that you used x person before yeah. and find out if they are good and if they're if if something goes wrong will they come back and sort it out like kind of doing your research like. yeah. Yeah, yeah so that really? as well is another thing of using local people. Like we went and saw the, the plaster that we ended up going with. We were able to go and look at houses that he's actually plastered in the area, which is good. Um, and I think as well, like in terms of pricing around and getting the best price you can, like somebody's first price is never their best price. And I think you cringe at that when I kind of try to haggle a little bit. Um, and I would have as well, like I would have. you have to. Yeah, 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 you do. And like, you know, whatever saving there is to be made it's better in your pocket than their pocket which like my dad would have said that and like I would have cringed you know at him haggling anything when we were growing up but like it's true you know if you don't ask you don't get and generally you know if they want the job enough they will do something on it to push it over the one example was we I priced a plaster for this house and he came and gave us a price like like he came looked at the house I would say he wasn't even home when he had sent me through the price and I was like, God, that's that's expensive. I wasn't expecting it to be anywhere near that. And I went and spoke to my brother and he's like, nah, don't even entertain that. And then we shopped around and got maybe two or three other prices and then the guy that we ended up going with was less than half of that. It's huge. So I went from, I think, the original guy had quoted us like 12 grand to plaster the house and we ended up paying maybe just under six mm. um, and the guy that ended up doing it was brilliant and yeah. um, we did price around for most of the stuff but there's a couple of things that I wish I had of priced mm. around a couple of more people and went with someone differently mm. um, and we just kind of went with someone because we had heard from someone they're good we got the price and we're like right just go for it as well as that though like it's such a long process and it's so there's no break from it especially if you're doing it to the time scale that we were so every decision every price it's you kind of just maybe drop the ball a little bit and some things and you're just like look we'll just go with that instead of going through the whole process again getting more prices and um but I think there's an eagerness to get finished yeah, yeah definitely yeah. i think as well though in terms of like people coming to price things on the house like I think like they're very much basing their price they'll drive up the lane they're judging where your house is the size of your house they're looking at the finishes that are already in their in the house they're trying to decide what kind of money you have and a lot of the time I think they do just pluck a price out of the sky based on what they think your situation is so um yeah definitely price around and haggle. <laughs> yeah, and then I suppose another point to that question or another follow-up on that question is, what is something that you wish somebody had told you before you started your build? Oh. To put in the correct septic tank first. Yeah, that's <laughs> another thing. Yeah, that's very true. Tell me. <laughs> so we had, um, 
I don't know anything about septic tanks, but basically we had, it was one of the first things went in when the site and all was, or the house was started to be built. Um, septic tank was put in, um, it was ordered, went in, digger put in. Don't even house, think about We'd moved into the house, we're using the septic tank. Um, we were then waiting on our final drawdown from our mortgage and Building control come out to do their final visit to make sure everything's a okay, and they said this isn't the correct septic tank. You're was it not all in the ground and covered up? How did it not? It was, but um, basically you need like an electronic one that's hooked up to the the main electricity that pumps the the sewage out. Um, we had a standard septic tank that drains it out, so. Uh, building control said you're not getting your final drawdown, so you can um, you're gonna have to go and get another septic tank. So we had to put another septic tank beside that septic tank. So again, it was digger back in again. Oh, you didn't take the other one out. That no, was impossible to lift out. You just lifted two. Yes, it stayed there. So we and like oh the, the correct God. type of um, septic tank was on the architect's plans. Was it just it was an oversight? Yeah. Um, it just. Was, was that a big additional cost then to get another one? Yeah. The new one cost, it ended up costing us maybe £2,000, which like our, our final drawdown was maybe like 15 or something, so it, or it was too gone from that there over something when that we thought... you're trying to finish, you know? Over something that we thought was okay and... and Forgetting about it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it's the last thing you ever think about is your septic tank, <laughs> so... That's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. What just was, the, sorry, no, go, go Just ahead. the hassle, the whole hassle yeah. of the whole thing. But well. especially when you were so, um, so close, close to finishing yeah. and you had this yeah. bloody hiccup. Yeah. Um, what was your favourite part of the build when you look back? What was the most enjoyable part? Um, oh, God. It's probably the kitchen going on for me. It's just Yeah, that's it's huge. Sort of, it just finished the house. Yeah. Um, it meant that the house is now livable in yeah. and you can make yourself a cup of tea properly yeah. and chill out. Because um, it's such, it's the complete heart of this home like and so when we moved in on just before Christmas the kitchen wasn't fitted um, but the kitchen company had the utility ready to go and it booked us in to um, fit that just before Christmas so we did actually move in. We just plugged in our fridge, we had a sink in the utility with a George Foreman grill and it was like that for like a month or six weeks or so before the kitchen was fitted so yeah that was a big day when the kitchen went in the um, kitchen sort of arrived and then our sofas arrived around yeah. the same time so it sort of really finished them everything started like, to yeah. come together we're yeah. sitting on like deck chairs in our sunroom yeah. <laughs> watching tv yeah <laughs> for um, the first month oh another yeah. another good tip actually i would say is uh we had no broadband here for a good while before we got it connected so have um a hard drive well stocked with movies and series we watched game mm. of thrones for those first um we hadn't watched any of it so we watched the whole of game of thrones but we had no other way of watching any decent tv or brilliant yeah mm. so that was that why was what was the debate mm. was it not very easy because you're uh yourself? we had just a lot of complications getting the phone line to the oh, house okay. um so basically we had to we had to dig more tracks and stuff right. we got ourselves yeah um so it probably took yeah, it took probably a month from when we moved into the house till yeah. we actually got internet and yeah. a phone line. So okay, so I just have a quick fire question. So what build method did you go with? Block obviously. Block, so, yeah. yeah. And then a cavity with insulation in the middle. Yeah. And heating system is air to water. Okay. How are you finding that? 
Yeah, really good. Um, electricity bills very high. During the winter and the cold months, your electricity bill definitely goes up yeah. significantly. Yeah. But then during during the summer, the house is fairly passive. Like it, it doesn't be on at all apart from to heat the water. And yeah. then because it's warm outside, it it easily heats the water inside. So because yeah. of the just insulation, kind of taken, is, taken over. Yeah, because of the insulation as well. Like it's really well insulated, so it really doesn't lose heat very quickly at all. Like it's yeah. yeah. We put in the cavity insulation, but then we also put in fifty mil insulated plasterboard inside the house as well. well so okay. it's it's really easy to heat this house, um, and even if it's a cold day outside, like it doesn't lose the heat very quickly. Yeah. It holds on to it yeah. for quite a while. But um, the the thing I, I love about new builds is it's the quality of living. It's like a different standard. You know, I grew up in a country house and it's hard to imagine the standard of living, if that makes sense. You know, yeah. it's like they're, it's a different, I'd say it's the same as your own parents' house when they come here, like, oh, the place is roasting. You yeah, know? yeah. It's a different standard of living, yeah. which yeah. I love. And it's uh, like an even heat throughout the whole house. Like, so you'd find like, even at my house at home or even in your parents' house, like the room they're in might be really warm, but then you go outside or upstairs and it's not. But here it's just like yeah. an even, comfortable heat yeah, yeah. ever. The million dollar question, how much do you think, roughly speaking, did it cost? Um, <laughs> it's hard to say, but I'm going to put a guess at it. Probably it would be under 250, something like that. Between 230 and 250, I would That's say. That's sterling, obviously. Yeah, sterling. Yeah. Yeah. And, and were you very conscious of that towards the end? Were you, like, did, did you have a spreadsheet or did, were you keeping track of receipts and bills? Um, we had to keep track of that for the back return, return anyway, at the yeah. end. But, oh, so I assume that gave um, a good indication. So. Yeah. I didn't really keep track of labour yeah. costs as yeah. much. So yeah. um, that's just a real guess, really. But um, wouldn't it be so interesting because you were finished up by 2017, wouldn't it be so interesting to see the cost yeah. now with yeah. COVID oh. and with all the material crisis and stuff? Oh, yeah, it's really I wouldn't be shocked if it was 30, 40% more. Oh, yeah. Oh, easily, easily, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I just think what I love about this house is it's really true to itself in the sense that it's not, um, it's not a mad design on the outside, you know, it's quite traditional, but yet when you walk inside, it's just got this real modern feel, mm. which is still quite contemporary, which is what mm. I love. And what, what did your parents say when they came in? What, what, what were their thoughts? Um, yeah, they love this house. Like, they love um, calling over. They don't call over, actually, a while out. They sort of give us loads of space. Um, but, yeah, I think I think they love it, yeah. It's, I think they're um, very proud, really, even though they probably wouldn't come out and say it. But I think they are proud of, like, Charlie and, and his siblings, like, um, that they are all so close and all their grandchildren are so close. You know, it's it's lovely for them to have that. Yeah. So yeah, I think they are quite yeah, good. It's quite nice. So so you moved in just before Christmas twenty seventeen. Yeah. So I want you to think back to that. So so you moved in and the kitchen wasn't done. You slept there that night. Mm -hmm. What was it like, you know, the first night you slept here, what was it like in the morning when you woke up? What was that moment like? It was a bit weird waking yeah. up and, and... It didn't what? really feel like we were in our house yet. Like, it still sort of felt like we were in, like, like staying somewhere else yeah. um, in a weird way. And we weren't actually in our room. Like, we, we didn't have our bed yet, so we were, we were in a spare room. So I think for me, like, waking up the next morning, it was just sort of like, it didn't feel like home yet because everything was everywhere. We would no furniture, no kitchen. Um, 
we were actually going to Dublin then. We woke up on the 23rd of December. We were going to Dublin for Christmas. So we were kind of just, we really just wanted to get in before Christmas. And it was literally just a case of getting in, sleeping there and then going to Dublin. So I think for me, like the, it was more, I got more of a feeling of like the first time I actually drove home to here. So that day when um, after Christmas, I drove back up here and like instead of going up the lane to his parents' house, I was turning in to our lane for the first time and actually like arriving home. I think that was yeah. a bigger um, moment nearly for me, but it definitely took, you know, a good month, I'd say, and probably having the kitchen in and the sofa and things in place then that helped. But to actually feel like you're waking up in your house in the morning, you're going to work, you're coming back to your house, you were home, like it, de it definitely took a while for it to feel like home. And probably the first, three months things changed significantly inside the house as yeah. well so you're always kind of looking forward to I'd be going to work and like something new was going to be there when yeah. I got home so maybe it was the kitchen or maybe it was the sofas arriving or maybe it was the bed or um, there was people here still working so like there was people here painting the doors and the architraves and, and all that kind of stuff yeah. so you're always coming home and seeing something quite different um, which was always nice like um, so it probably was like another six months before we actually settled until there wasn't people coming in and doing yeah. bits and pieces yeah. to where then we actually just left the house for a wee while and we're like right let's just chill out here for a wee yeah. bit. Yeah, um, <laughs> just living it. <laughs> yeah. I that was nice so that moment when it was like you know you finally everybody's gone. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. annoying you anymore. Yeah. You can actually enjoy the space. Yeah, yeah definitely yeah. Is this yeah. your forever home? Yeah I think so. Definitely yeah. <laughs> yeah like I would absolutely, and I said it like from the start, I would absolutely love to, to build a house again, but not for us to move in, you know, like to sell on or whatever. Um, I really enjoyed the process, even given the stressful parts, but maybe that's just given my profession. But no, this is definitely our, our forever home, yeah. But um, guys, would you believe that's nearly been an hour of us talking? No way. Um, if people want to find you, is it okay on Instagram? Where's the best place to follow you guys? Yeah, so I'm at House on the Border, um, given our location, so close to the border. I thought it was um, a cute little name. So yeah, I'm at House on the Border, um, and it's very much like a house account, interior design tips and tricks, and um, just, just sharing our, our house, really, because, um, yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Guys, thank you so much. I really no appreciate your time. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so, so much for listening to the podcast. If you've made it this far, I really appreciate it. Don't forget that you can check out the guys on Instagram at a house on the border. I'll post their details in the description below. And as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, don't forget to check out their guys home on the Get In Our Home YouTube channel. Thanks so much, everyone, for the support in the podcast. I'm really noticing an increase in um, listenership, and I'm really, really appreciating that. So thanks so much, everyone, and see you all next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.